nine nootropics for cold resistance and endurance that would impress even Sir Ernest Shackleton. Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and this is my podcast video talking head presentation of this article I did on biohacking cold resistance and around the world, at least here in the uh, northern hemisphere, the uh, winter months, the cold months are beckoning. You can feel those icy fingers on the back of your neck would you uh, to uh, venture out without a scarf on in a lot of places. So I thought that I would drop this podcast on you, giving you some tips, tools, and nootropics for dealing with the colder months. So the weather outside may be frightful, but your bodily thermogenic modulation can remain delightful. Even in sub-zero temperatures, with the help of some physical performance enhancing nootropics and clever lifestyle biohacks. So you are going to want to check out this article, which is going to be linked below wherever you are watching or listening to this. As in the article, I've got all the stuff you really need. I've got uh, links and references for everything I may assert here. And I've got vetted sources for everything that you might want to buy. So do go and check that out if you're a person that, uh, yeah, if you want to do the cold weather right from a, a biohacking kind of perspective. And I've got kind of got kind of a cool title slide to go with this. Let me know. Give me a thumbs up if you like that title slide. Okay, so let's dive in. A little bit of cold is actually good for you, but chronic exposure to cold weather really whacks your biology. Um, it causes things like vasoconstriction, cognitive decline, memory deficit, fatigue, shortness of breath, and retardation of coordination and motor control. So whether you're a cold weather Olympic athlete, a globe-trotting adventurer, or just a normal guy or gal who has to uh, work or deal with freezing temperatures daily, these biohacks will make the cold a whole lot more manageable. So researching this topic from the clinical data and studies to the biohacker reports and discussions between athletes, I kept hearing about one performance enhancer that works well for improving cold tolerance and resistance. So this is my number one nootropic recommendation, and that would be phenylparacetam, which here at Limitless Mindset, we are no stranger to. This is the 
thermogenic nootropic. And it's a favorite of professional athletes unable to resist the siren call of performance enhancers. Over the years, it has caused some scandal actually in the arena of cold weather sports. In fact, Olympic silver medalist Olga Pileva was disqualified after the 2006 Winter Olympics in Torino, Italy. It is a banned athletic performance enhancer. A 1999 Korean study found it increased cold resistance and physical endurance. I'll quote from the study. This is a phenol derivative of nootropyl and is effective in increasing physical endurance and cold resistance. To quote an athlete on longevity, he said, I'm an athlete and I uh, take 200 milligrams and it greatly improves my tolerance to cold during cross country. And phenylparacetam is not exactly cheap. A monthly supply of it runs about 50 euros. And you are going to want to check out my review of phenylparacetam. I am going to have that linked in the article. Do check that out. If you're going to shell out the cash for a serious performance enhancer to deal with the cold, you'll at least want to check out my review there. However, some good news for those who might not be able to comfortably afford phenylparacetam, it is uh, mechanistically and molecularly most similar to piracetam, which is, of course, a lot more affordable. If phenylparacetam is the lexus of nootropics, then piracetam is the Toyota. It's still pretty good as a nootropic, but a lot less expensive. If your work or recreational activities demand a cold tolerance biohack regularly, it may be worthwhile to do like an A-B experiment with uh, both of them to maybe uh, winter's coming up so you could get a month's supply of paracetam and then a month's supply of phenylparacetam and you could try the phenylparacetam first and see how that uh, affects your response to the cold and then switch over to the paracetam and it might work just as well or it might not I couldn't actually find uh, good solid science on this as I could with the phenylparacetam. So it might work uh, because of the placebo effect. You never really know until you do a self-quantification experiment with it. It might save you some money. Worth worth trying if you're like, uh, I don't know, I imagine, uh, imagine like, a, like a cable repair guy maybe, like a, like a guy that's out there with his truck in the cold, just pushing through, you know, winter streets, who has to deal with, uh, yeah, deal with really tough weather, do try those two things. And I hope that you uh, get in touch with me and let me know what kind of results you experience. Next nootropic is tyrosine. Mm -hmm. That's right. Supplementing this crucial 
Amino doesn't have an effect that directly imparts cold tolerance, but it effectively prevents the short-term cognitive decline and fatigue resulting from an acute stressor, like shockingly cold weather. Two human studies demonstrated it as being effective in inoculating participants against cold stress-induced memory deficits. This means that tyrosine supplementation is a great idea for those whose work or recreational activities entail spending a lot of time in the cold. For example, uh, mountaineers, rock climbers, and skiers. And I'm going to exclude you snowboarders. I am no fan of you snowboarders. Just kidding. Just kidding. I'm not a, not a snowboarder. <laughs> Bigot. You're welcome to use tyrosine as well. Uh, along with, uh, you could say, cops, soldiers, and uh, public servants who work in the great outdoors. And uh, thirdly, landscaping contractors and construction workers, you guys have to put up with a lot of cold. And I think that tyrosine is a pretty good option because you got to stay mentally sharp uh, no matter how cold it gets, especially if you are doing any of those things that I just described. And it is cheap, safe, and effective as a general purpose fatigue countermeasure. And I do have some sources of it linked up there on my website. Thirdly, I will mention a lesser known nootropic, which is bromantane. And in the limited research on bromantane, there's no mention of effect on cold tolerance, but it is a potent physical performance enhancer, and it stands to reason that it improves the body's ability to stay warm. And there's a couple of anecdotal accounts that I came across supporting this effect. A biohacker in Chile, New York, reported, quote, increased body temperature slash resistance to cold in particular, stuff like that. I normally run hot, but this stuff makes me a furnace. And once I get going with a little bit of physical activity, I don't get cold at all. And a uh, Limitless Mindset newsletter uh, uh, reader uh, added this funny anecdote. He said, and I did take my dog out in the snow in my boxers several times and noticed its ability to make me just not be bothered by the cold. I'm sure my neighbors liked that. And a Redditor experienced with bromantane agreed that it helps desensitize you to cold in extreme climate situations. So there's some anecdotal evidence for that one. Next, I'll mention opiates and opioids. And these are well known for producing warming sensations, or perhaps they just uh, numb you to the cold. One guy on Reddit reported, 
Opiates will give you a warm glow when it's 10 degrees Fahrenheit outside and I'm on a strong dose of opiates, I can walk outside in nothing but shorts and no shirt and be warm. On a sober day, I'd be freezing, but and at about 35 degrees Fahrenheit bundled up in a sweater. And actually not all opioids will turn you into a raging addict. Some of them are actually pretty benign. For example, a stimulating white strain of crotum or the wimpy antidepressant tianeptine. You'll want to check out my review of that one. You'll want to check out my article and video about it before you before you use it. Things like this may take the the bite out of the cold for you. And while relatively safe, daily use of these types of milder opioids could be problematic. So with them, I would recommend episodic dosing, uh, not using them more than two or three times a week. Next important point is that immune supplementation is crucial to counteract cold temperatures. So when it comes to uh, your wintertime well-being, I'd urge you to be mindful of your immune system, especially with a, uh, a dark winter uh, beckoning, especially with a um, fourth wave of COVID beckoning. It's extra true that an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. So if you hate getting sick during the winter as much as I do, you'll want to implement an immune boosting protocol. And this would consist of things like Siberian ginseng, ashwagandha, rhodiola, zinc, vitamin C, vitamin D, uh, UVB light exposure, AKA sunlight, along with probiotic foods and fasting. And you should start doing this, I'm thinking around this time, around the middle of October, or really whenever the leaves start turning colors where you live in the world. If you haven't properly fortified your immune system and you're in need of a pound of cure instead of the uh, ounce of prevention, which is what I recommend as a, as a biohacker, as a person with a uh, anti-fragility type of uh, ethos underlying uh, what I do in life. Here's, the rec here's a couple of recommendations that I've got for you is Arbidol, and this is a potent antiviral drug uh, that also addresses the severe acute respiratory deficit that results from cold exposure. And there are over 60 scientific papers on Arbidol's anti-influenza effect. To quote the most recent, uh, Arbidol, a broad and potent antiviral molecule incorporates rapidly into membranes. These data suggest that the potent antiviral effects of Arbidol are mediated at least in part through its membranotropic effects, likely giving place to the 
formation of perturbed membrane structures. These modifications interfere with proper membrane functioning and should be responsible for its broad antiviral activity. And Arbital has a lot of uh, anti-COVID mechanisms as well. Uh, you will want to check out my my review. I think that was my review where I do the funny dancing with with my wife. Watch watch that for some uh, some much needed levity. Next, I'll mention a mixin, and this is an interferon hack for immunity. And interferons are proteins essential to immune function. This makes it a powerful treatment and a potential cure for numerous nasty infectious diseases such as viral encephalomyelitis, pulmonary tuberculosis, viral hepatitis, influential cytomegalovirus infections, you, and West Nile fever. And I'll also mention Christogen, and I've actually got Christogen on hand here. And this is a genetic hack for enhanced immunity. It's one of these smart biopeptides, and it is uh, particularly helpful to the elderly for treating or preventing chronic inflammatory diseases, viral respiratory infections, autoimmune diseases, cystitis, pyelonephritis, prostitis, and adenine-excitis, along with uh, recovering from chemotherapy. And then I will also mention this other smart peptide, Vladinix. And this is a peptide immune hack that, according to a clinical study, promotes normalization of cellular immunity parameters, stimulated tissue regeneration processes, and Vladinex is recommended for acceleration of restoration of the immune functions after the infectious diseases, radiation, and chemotherapy influence on the organism of various extreme factors, including ionizing and UHF radiation. So these things that I'm mentioning, again, like I said, these are your break in case of emergency biohacks that you turn to if you do get really sick. And a lot of the ones that I mentioned are actually uh, Russian. And so if you check out my more in-depth reviews of those, you can see that there's a bunch of studies that have been done uh, in Russia, where if there's one thing we know about Russia, we know that it gets very, very cold there. And so the fact that it's good enough for them makes me think that, uh, it makes me thankful to have it in my biohacker uh, immune armentarium for the, uh, the colder months here in uh, Southeast Europe where I live, where it doesn't get nearly so frigid uh, during those winter months. Next, we'll address a question that you may have asked or uh, we'll address something you may have heard. Does consuming alcohol warm you up? Well, contrary to the folk wisdom, your baba, which is a Slavic for granny, contrary to the folk wisdom that she may have imparted to you, alcohol does not uh, warm you up, or at least it doesn't actually do a very good job of that. It merely moves more blood towards the surface of your skin 
temporarily. It actually lowers your core temperature. So you're better off having a, uh, a hot tea or a coffee to warm you up. And fun fact, during the Battle of Stalingrad, soldiers would pass vehicle antifreeze fluid or industrial grade alcohol through a gas mask filter before drinking it in a desperate attempt to numb themselves to the icy hell that they were fighting in, which really uh, puts the uh, mild discomfort that you have to deal with when it gets cold into perspective, doesn't it? Uh, paradoxically, one of the best ways to adapt to the cold is to embrace it and habituate thermogenic discomfort. And I'll explain uh, kind of what I mean by this. So acute thermogenic shock can be a good way to inoculate yourself against cold weather. And so the, an, an intentional acute thermogenic shock. So what I would suggest is doing something like taking a one to two minute cold shower. So you take your showers like normal, but for the first minute or two of your showers, you do cold water and you shiver in the cold water and brush your teeth while you're doing that so that you kind of have something to distract yourself too. But you get, uh, yeah, you get a habituation of thermogenic shock. Or you could do uh, ice water face dunks, which is where you fill a large bowl with ice cold water and then you stick your face in it for as long as you can uh, while holding your breath. Or if you're really hardcore, you can submerge yourself in an ice bath like a Wim Hof does and your body will get better accustomed to cold stress. Although if you're gonna do the ice bath thing, then you really want to uh, like educate yourself properly with that because there are some ways of doing that wrong. Next, I'll mention breathing and how you breathe has a lot to do with how you feel. Quote, in cold, dry weather, exhalation should always be done through the nostrils in order to replenish heat and moisture borrowed from the turbinates on the way in, and inhalation through the mouth as the warmth of the mouth will warm the air as it travels down into the lungs. And the book, very good book that I do recommend repeatedly, The Tao of Longevity explains uh, all of this in exhaustive uh, detail. Quote, in 1966, Russia invited Indian Prime Minister Nehru's personal guru, Swami Brahmakari, to Moscow to train Soviet cosmonauts in deep breathing techniques as preparation for prolonged space travel. This fact alone reflects how seriously the Russians take these matters. The Swami arrived in Moscow in midwinter wearing nothing but a thin cotton gown. While his hosts shivered on the tarmac in overcoats, fur hats, and woolen scarves, concerned 
about the Swami's health, they immediately offered him an overcoat. But he politely declined, saying, I manufacture my own heat as I need it. And his secret was breath control and cellular respiration. That's, uh, that's quite the anecdote, isn't it? And so the book explains how cellular, re- cellular respiration generates body heat. And this is first felt in the lower abdomen and then spreads slowly to the extremities. And if you learn proper four-stage breath control with momentary uh, breath retentions, you can experience that for yourself. And I did a series of videos uh, and I did a podcast. I did a deep dive article called How to Breathe Like a Jedi. Good, good article title, right? Where I break down how to do the four-stage breath control. So yeah, do do try that. And you might find that it actually makes a difference. I guess the immediate kind of life hack though is that when it's cold and you're walking outside, you inhale through the mouth, exhale through the nose as opposed to the other way around. And you'll end up being a little bit warmer. And I will mention a few other nootropics and supplements that anecdotally increase cold tolerance. Rhodiola rosea. So this herb is native to cold weather environments and it makes your nervous system a whole lot more robust and able to respond dynamically to stressors like the cold. Secondly, Siberian ginseng. And this is a cheap, effective, immunostimulating herbal supplement. It was used by many thousands of factory workers in Siberia during Soviet times, and it significantly decreased sick days. And then thirdly, I'll mention Sunni Firam, and I am not a big fan of Sunni Firam, which is a uh, ostensible racetam, but some people online report a distinct effect on cold tolerance. So with all of these biohacks and recommendations in your arsenal, you'll be ready to uh, literally or figuratively venture into the cold unknown in pursuit of glory and immortality like Sir Ernest Shackleton. And if you're saying, who is Sir Ernest Shackleton? Then I have got a documentary for you. This was a uh, Arctic Arctic explorer uh, that had a really, really amazing story about being shipwrecked in the Arctic with his crew. And one of my favorite top documentaries ever that I enjoyed watching is called The Endurance, and it's about him. And watch this documentary, and I I think I am going to watch this documentary again for a third or fourth time tonight because it's such a powerful documentary about uh, about endurance and the resilience of the, the human spirit. Oh God, I, I'm going to, and it's narrated by Liam Neeson, who has a really great voice. He really, uh, he really brings the inspiration in this documentary. So I will link that in my article. In fact, I need to find a new source because it looks like YouTube made the video unavailable, which YouTube is always, you know, YouTube's always deleting the good stuff. 
So I'm going to find a source for that documentary and I'll embed it in that article. And so you are going to want to watch that documentary. And then let me know which of the cold resistance biohacks you implement. Drop me a message or a comment or whatever. Let me know because I'm always curious about this sort of thing. I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset. Looking forward to a continued conversation with you.